We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This is episode 147 of the pod. Uh, quarantine pod number two or three? This is, I think, three. Tech- well, I mean, three. technically, if we're, if we're calling oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. half we episode, half this happy. would be four. Shout yeah, out us for getting happy. two episodes out last week. You're welcome. Uh, I hope. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed uh, listening to me make bogey. Um, Just tap finish bogey. the round. Finish the round strong. Uh, that was actually my first question. Of- what did we finish at? Uh, I think it was totaled 85. I think I went 42, 43, we'll 42. Um, Eagle chance at 18. Uh, very gettable par five. Busted a nice little cut off the left side of the fairway. Left myself about 215 into it. Little wind at the back. Jumped on a four iron. Uh, 15 feet downhill right to left. Just didn't get it. Didn't get it there. So tapped well, in for tap in You can't leave the yeah. eagle short. Come on now. You're playing um, it with was, nobody. I could have for nothing. And you come up short on an eagle. Come I could have putted it off the green. I could have putted it off That's the green. Okay. Like I made, I made like a three footer on the way back for, uh, for my birdie. So now what, what um, early on in the season, what, what yard mm-hmm. did you play in from? Cause I mean, you know, people obviously very, you know, 61, there's 64, I, usually I a 67, think, then a, you know, a seven. Where, where I, are you usually at? I don't think that the time of year really dictates that. I usually, if I'm going out there solo, I'll play it from 6,400 and try and, you know, try and shoot a number. Okay. Um, I like that. If, if I'm like, if the last time out, I was really like busting driver. I'll back jump it up, up to 67, we'll back it up, play it at 67. I, I don't need to play it any farther than that. I'm, I'm not I, trying to prove anything to anyone. I don't need to play it from 7,200 yards. There's I, just nothing now, that really appeals to me there to like be hitting five iron into every green. You've you've played golf enough with my brother Mike to un- unfortunately know that the guy's an ace, and mm-hmm. he's probably the person I've played golf with most over the last you know you know five or so years. And there have been times where we've gone out to Cog Hill, and he's usually when if, if we play dubs, he likes to challenge himself and play from mm-hmm. the tips. And there was one round I decided to just say, oh, all right, screw it, I'm going to play from the tips too. I actually ended up, shooting like, ended up shooting like eighty nine ninety, which I was pretty pumped about because it was like yeah. seventy three hundred or you know seventy two hundred. But yeah. That's an exhausting round of golf. Like it's it's it really physically is. taxing because the swings you're taking you're, it's five iron six iron. Not only not only the swings you're taking, Matt, but think about you know the the drive up or the walk up to every hole usually walks you up to the white and blue tees. Yeah. You're usually walking backwards and up a hill yeah. to the black tee to, to a tip or a gold, just, whatever it is there. And just the swings you're taking with a five iron because compared to an eight iron, they're just more they're difficult yeah. they're they're harder swings they're more, more aggressive swings you got a little more on them it's it's a tough round of golf it's not it, it's not nearly as fun so that's why I, i'm with you i'm more of the you know i would say 65 66 is probably the yeah, perfect with, yardage for him but i'm with with you. that said the 85 the other day was from 6600 um we were playing there you go. i played with i played with two other people um socially we kept our distance i thought you were um, solo you're on the phone uh, with two other people solo, on the course? solo on the back so okay on the back. gotcha i was gonna say the front with Played the front with two guys. Uh, one guy wanted to play. It was a guy and his son. The, his son wanted to play the whites. He wanted to play the blues. So I play. I went back and played the blues with him. There you um, go. But uh, yeah, we. This is this is what it's come to. This is what we're talking about. Our personal in fairness, golf games. In fairness, Joe, we yeah. usually kick off podcasts with something talking about our that's personal true. golf games. And this, that, that, this is right. nothing abnormal for us. Yeah, it's what's coming next that's going to be pretty abnormal for us. We don't have that yeah. much to talk about. Well, we got some stuff. 
a little bit of NFL movement, a little bit of QB carouseling going on and um, uh, some Olympic talk. And then we got a good amount of mailbag. So we're going to dive into that mailbag and have some fun with that. Um, that's going to honestly be our life source uh, as we move along here uh, into the 150s and as this uh, global pandemic continues on. So if you could continue to send those uh, mailbag questions, we got a lot of good ones this week. And, so and to build off that, that well. shout it. First off, shout out to the people for stepping up here. We got each time we've sent out a tweet asking for them, we've gotten, like Joe said, we've gotten a slew of them. That's mm-hmm. a don't get offended if we don't use yours immediately because, as yep. I've told several people now, we got to ration these folks. We're not we going to ration them one day. We got to ration the mailbag. We got to ration them and we we're not going to solve uh, the second shooter issue with JFK. That's so that's right. We straight at Mike Rooney. We, we don't know um, Area 51. We don't know what's going on. No, we have no answers there. So you could continue to send those questions. We probably won't broach those topics. Well, well yeah, won't. it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so the topic we do want to start with is a little bit of QB <clears throat> talk in the NFL because that has really been um, the life source, the saving grace of all. Uh, major sports outlets. I know I can speak for CBS Sports HQ in saying that NFL free agency has given us 10 days worth of really, really good content. Yeah, really. Um, And the most latest moves being uh, just Carolina's oddity and how they're going about their business. They released Cam Newton after signing Teddy Bridgewater. We said it last week, you're not going to get anything for a guy once you sign a quarterback you intend to be your starter. So they're going to have to cut him one way or the other. They do cut him yesterday being Tuesday. Sorry, trying to keep track of my days here. It's difficult. Um, And it kind of opened up the topic, at least from the Chicagoland standpoint of, was the Nick Foles move right? Was it wrong? Could you have done better or set yourself up better with the Cam Newton signing? It wouldn't have cost you the fourth rounder that it's going to cost you for Foles. You wouldn't have to take on his $15 million in guaranteed money that Foles you're taking on. So where do you stand in that uh, aspect, Matt? Do you think that they were a little gung-ho on Nick Foles and maybe they didn't take in the whole market or they identified their guy and went with it? I think it's more of the latter. I think they identified their guy and they went with it. I, I know... The, I mean, at least around here, the, the popular topic has been, you know, this, since the uh, Panthers cut Cam yesterday was, you know, should the Bears have gone for Cam Newton? It was so much, it would have been cheaper, would have been easier to grab. I, I, while I was on Team Cam, uh, you know, Team One Year Deal for Cam, see what he's got, I'm kind of leaning towards the other side, liking the Knicks, Nick Foles move a little bit more because the more. Th- the, the fact that you can't find a taker for Cam Newton, the fact that he's not already signed, the fact mm-hmm. that Ron Rivera went out and traded for Kyle Allen instead of Cam Newton, a guy who knows those two quarterbacks better than anybody at this point, I think that says a lot. And I, the, the lack of really – the difficulty in getting physicals for guys now too, I think probably has to play a lot into it. There's no certainty that Cam is healthy, going to be healthy. And you, you watched him a couple times early on in last year. like He didn't look good. He was yeah. sailing footballs. The arm strength was gone. I think you had to go with the safer route because we, we've talked about it before. The, the Bears don't need, with the defense they have, with some of the playmakers they have around that quarterback, they don't need the superstar Aaron Rodgers. Granted, he'd be nice. They don't need the superstar quarterback. What they need is the guy to be, you know, basically manage the offense. Don't turn the yeah. ball over and be able to hit open receivers. And Nick Foles I, might do that a little bit better than Cam Newton at this point in his career, in his career while Cam Newton might be able to pull off the flashy play a little bit more, obviously. I think you can get on either side of this. Um, To me, the injury thing doesn't really figure into it because, I mean, Nick Foles has a reconstructed collarbone uh, after last season. Cam has had his rash of injuries. I do – 
agree with you in the sense that mm, Foles is the safer of the two options. Cam kind of just has that air of inconsistent quarterback that's always been here in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, The move, the quarterback decision that was made is the decision for the next two years. And I think it would have either been, I think it would have been that in either of these scenarios. These two years are very, two very important years of Chicago Bears football. Um, We talk about the window every single time we come on here. I think that Nick Foles gives you a better chance to get to the playoffs and maybe make a little noise than Cam Newton does. Um, whether that be from a health and longevity standpoint, whether that be from an experience standpoint, whether mm-hmm. that be from a leadership standpoint, I think that they made the right decision here. It did cost them money and it did cost them a pick. Uh, Cam would have come in on the cheap and it would have been, you know, uh, you would have retained that fourth round pick, which at this point you need picks as the Chicago Bears because mm-hmm. once that window closes, we're going to have to rebuild something here. And uh, that starts yesterday. You know, you got to start thinking about the five year future of the team, regardless of what we're going to do over the next two seasons with Nick Foles. But I don't know if that's the sort of approach that the front office is taking. Um, it seems like the front office is taking a got to do this now because we're not going to be here in five years if this doesn't work yeah. out type approach. I mean, they're, which I totally understand, which, I, which I totally understand. And I'm, and I'm totally behind. I just don't know. You know, I just don't know if Nick Foles makes you a contender, but that being said, neither does Cam Newton. Yeah. I don't think either of them on, on their own, that one move alone makes the bit go, you know, takes the bears from nine and seven to Super Bowl favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both of them would have obviously put them in better spots than la- you know last year. Um, but I- I'm with you. I- I'm kind of team Foles here, like I said, because of the consistency. And I, I just I don't know what I'm going to get from Cam. And with this defense that now even looks better than last year, uh, with the addition of Robert Quinn, I would say um, you have to be on the side of safer caution, you know, more conservative on offense than going for the you know high risk, high reward quarterback. Um, that being said, Matt, I'm not looking at the number right now, but where would you put the Bears at in terms of expectation of wins with the current roster? <sighs> Man, uh, they have – I like the schedule matchups this year. Jacksonville seems like – it's the AFC South, I believe. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville seems like that's probably going to be a win. Um, you know, the Colts are going to be a toss-up game. Houston doesn't look as good as they are last year getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins. I, I still think they are – a 10 to 11 win team. Um, it just yeah. kind of matters. What you know, They have to take care of their business in games they should take care of. It's, it could be the same as last year. They had a few games that, you know, like the Oakland game in London, where it, they should, if they take care of business in the games they should, they would have been an 11 and 5 win team, but they didn't do that last year. It comes down to doing that again this year, or not, sorry, not doing that again this year, being more like uh, 2019 or 2018. Um, and the so fact. They should be an 11 win team. The fact that we've seen those two versions of this team over the last two seasons is what gives me pause because Mm -hmm. I think that falls directly in the lap of Matt Nagy and his coaching staff, because, you know, a lot of those tools were the same. A lot of those weapons were the same. Obviously you didn't have the uh, injury luck that you did two years ago this past season, but you know, you got to be able to coach around those things. We need to see growth and depth. Uh, We do need to see 
a ton of growth out of Matt Nagy because honestly, we saw regression last season. His and Mitch's regression uh, was very, very disconcerting. Uh, looking at the number now, Vegas has the Bears slotted for eight wins in 2020. Uh, that's going off at minus 130, so it'll cost you a buck and some change uh, to put that in. I'd, you know, I'd lean over there. We're obviously biased here. Mm-hmm. I have them at like a 9-10 win season. Uh, the fact that they got to nine last season uh, continually bends my brain because they were so bad. Sorry, they were so eight, eight underwhelming. Last year, not nine and seven, but still, they. What do we got? No, we got like... a 20, 2019 win total. Chicago Bears nine. I'm looking at it right now. Chicago Bears eight and eight, third in NFC North. That's what that's what ESPN odd shark. Has. Bad number. Bad number on odd shark because yes, I do remember them being a 500 team. Yeah. Um, but even that, they didn't feel like a 500 team last year. I think it, again because we talked about it from the top the expectation we had for them, how excited we were for them coming off of a a tough loss in the playoffs and what we expected of them. We expected them to build on that and go further than that point. And it was just a huge step backwards. So I think uh, after taking a step forward and then a step backwards this year, two steps forward needs to be the, uh, the going rate. And I don't know if they're at least constructed that way on the offensive side of the ball, even from a play calling standpoint, but uh, plenty of time to uh, lament over those things. But, to get back to our initial question, I'm satisfied. I'm not happy. I'm not over the moon. I'm satisfied. That's with a the good way of putting they it. made at quarterback. I, I just, it's starting. There, there's some chatter around here that you know it's going to be a quarterback competition, or that you know Mitch might even be the favorite. And I'm, while originally seeing those headlines, you know, you get a little bit panicky. But every time I see an article like that, I see you know, a report leaking like that. You kind of yep. still have to go back to. They also said at the press conference that they're not bringing it. They don't plan on bringing in any other quarterbacks. That Mitch is their guy. They're one hundred percent set on him. And then they go bring in a sort for like whatever you hear, whatever you see, doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that's what's going on inside of Hallis Hall, inside of trust, Al, you know, Ryan Pace. Trust brain. none of what you hear and only half of what you see, Matthew. There you go. That's that's. Uh, that's deep I have right a there. I have a fun little over under for you that just Ooh. came to mind. I actually Gosh. thought of it thought of it earlier last week uh, when we got off the pod. I think it was. Might have been during that round. Um, okay. you know, wheels wheels were turning a little bit. Over under one and a half games that we see both quarterbacks for non-injury reasons. Like, I, I really, really think that the indecisiveness of this coaching staff is going to lead us into a split squad scenario more than twice. Man, I don't think we're going to see it. More than once. I'm going to go under. Yeah? I, we, we didn't see it last year. You can, you we can didn't do, have two. We didn't have can, two quarterbacks last year. I mean, we, we had, had Chase Daniels. Joe. Yes, okay, but like the way that Start they were Chase. positioned, the way that they were positioned in everyone's mind, including the coaching staff, is you had a starter and a backup. Right now, you have two starters, and that's not to give Mitch Trubisky credit that he's not due, but he was a first round, an early, yeah. early, early first round draft pick that you spent money and picks on to go get. He's still got a starter. You know. Uh, Air about him, so I you have games two that, starting quarterbacks right now. I see games that Mitch starts. You know, if Mitch does somehow you know win the starting job and he's starting week one, I see him being on a short leash. But I don't see a guy like Nick Foles going in and then being well. Now we're going to go back to Mitch. I feel like it, whether it comes in game or you know mm-hmm. before a game, I think once you see that switch, you've seen that switch. It's really tough to go back to a guy and flip flop in game in between quarterbacks, and I have to think that Matt Nagy, a guy who's been around the league now for a little while, a guy who's learned under one of the best in Andy Reid, has to at least have some sort of feel because he, he did, the very least seems to have a feel for his locker room for his players. And 
you, you can't be flip-flopping quarterbacks three, four times, especially in game. That's just that that's not a good way to go about it. That's not a cons- that doesn't provide the consistency that players on the field need. Yeah, um, doesn't help anybody. Doesn't help no, the quarterbacks. It, it doesn't help the quarterbacks, and I just. You know, I, I've just fallen into a uh, – I've fallen back into my lowly expectations of the Chicago Bears regardless of the personnel. You know, I, I just – I expect the worst. And that includes a, a sophomore year Joe Romano, Dom Compagna split squad situation. That's all I'm seeing. We won like six or seven games that year though. Yeah, we won a lot of games. We won a lot of games. Yeah, but- went to the prep bowl. It's not an it's not an NFL approach to uh, no, it's not. I mean, when when I, when I coached sophomore football uh, my last year, we we probably varied between quarterbacks at least fifteen times throughout the year. That yeah. was my decision. It was great, so much fun. We, what are you going to do? Um, some other uh, quarterback uh, movement going on around the league. Obviously, the Tom Brady fallout and headed to Tampa Bay. Um, did we touch on that last? Yeah, we uh, we did yeah, that. We got, that happened. Just I'm sorry, the days are all it, the all days are all molding together. But um, New England is now left in a position of what do they want to do? They have multiple options. They go out, they bring back Brian Hoyer, which obviously isn't a big time move. There, there's still uh, the quarterback room right now is Stidham, Hoyer, and uh, I can't Do- doesn't matter. Third right now, really doesn't matter. Doesn't I matter. only think one of the three right now are going to be on the roster when the season kicks off because. I don't believe the Patriots are done. I still think, and I don't know if I said it on this podcast or on air, again, getting things mixed up here, Mm -hmm. but I really think they try and make a move in a trade. I know they're strapped cap-wise, the Patriots, but if they can get Matt Stafford, Stafford, if they can get Matt Stafford in and rework a contract, that makes all the sense in the world. I don't think they have any interest in Cam Newton. Um, I, I just, I think that it's either Stafford, Stidham, or really try and be as bad as you can and draft Trevor Lawrence. I just like a total, a total David Robinson to Tim Duncan one bad year and then back to winning. You know, I just, it's just hard for me to see Bill Belichick doing that. Trying to lose. Yeah. yeah. Like it just, I wouldn't put anything by him because he's a genius. He's very smart. And like, he might know that if he wants to get back to winning Super Bowls, which is the ultimate goal, that might be the best route. But I'm with, I I predicted Matt Stafford. I'm going to stick with that. I think there's the connection. I think, the Lions signing Chase Daniel means they're going to try and draft a quarterback because I'm not sure he's the guy you bring in to back up Matt Stafford. Um, and the Andy Dalton market has kind of, I don't want to say dried up, but gone quiet. And that's a name they've still been linked to for a while. Thank that, God, because what what I, I did know. Andy Dalton do over the last decade that I didn't see? Well, nothing. But like that, that's still a name out there that you know that that wouldn't be surprising to me if Bill Belichick, who always has you know, a slew of mid to late round draft picks, you know, moves one of them to bring in Andy Dalton. That yeah, but all me. that all that Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton is denial. I'm not Andy, disagreeing with you. I, I'm I know, just I'm not, saying. And I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just passionately delivering a point. Andy Dalton is denial. Andy Dalton is Bill Belichick not wanting to admit that, hey, let's set ourselves up to maybe not be as good this year and go get a big time quarterback a year from now. Andy Dalton is you convincing yourself that, you could do it with anybody. It's just not going to do it. Andy Dalton is Jared Stidham. Andy Dalton is Brian Hoyer. Andy Dalton is seven, eight wins. And what, what, what good, that's the worst place to be in the NFL, is NFL purgatory. Seven wins on the outside of the playoffs looking in. My counter argument to that is Matt Castle was a quarterback. You would say it would be five to six wins, and Bill Belichick got 11 out of him. 
Yeah, but that's that, that's an outstanding circumstance. That's not your entire roster looking at Matt Castle day one as a quarterback. That's Tom Brady going down five snaps into the season and everybody adapting. Fair, that's, that's, that's also a, a fair that's point. A, that's a fluid situation in which professionals not, need to adapt to. Not, hey, let's sit here all summer and believe in Andy Dalton. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be Andy Dalton, but I'm saying you, you said you think they're still going to go out and make a trade. That there's because I don't think they're going for Cam Newton either. That doesn't strike me as the bill. Belichick kind of guy uh, mm-hmm. to bring in. I don't think he likes the. I, I think after dealing with Tom Brady for as long as he has, I think he's not that Tom was a yeah. huge personality. I think he'd like to bring in a quarterback who's a little bit more, you know, mul- uh, your mind and, type of deal. I, I don't. It, you said trade. The only really other trades it seems like are out there. Granted, anything can happen. Uh, kind of seem like Matt Stafford and Andy Dalton. Unless he wants Mitch. Really want Mitch. Jameis would be really fun. Um, Jameis would be amazing. I, I would love to see Jameis and Bill Belichick work together. And he doesn't have a job right now. Yeah, I uh, Jameis Winston's Jameis Winston's out of a gig. Quick the man prediction, who quick led prediction, Jameis. The man who, he go? I, I think Cam Cam ends up going to the Chargers. I don't okay. know where Cam. I don't know where James goes. Cam would look good in a Chargers uniform. I like that. He's LA. They got to fill that new stadium. It, it just kind of makes sense. He's flashy. It, I'm sure he has properties out there. I, I, I think it just makes a ton of sense. Could you now, see Cam to be in Miami? Fair, the NFL hasn't made a ton of, ton of sense on the whole. Um, could I see Cam in Miami? Los Angeles and Miami seem. I mean, those seem like places yeah. Cam would like to go. Why are you going to bring Cam in? To have Tua learn under someone who makes a ton of mistakes, though, they might not but get Tua. I, I, I'm not Tua. sure Tua's falling who's to five. Tua? Detroit. I, I, unless Detroit that trade, trade Detroit unless trade that Stafford. trade happens with Stafford, I, I don't see Detroit making that move for well, that, Tua. I mean, and Miami's so in love with Tua that they're going to give up whatever they need to give give up to jump to number two to take him in the Redskins. Spot. I will say, don't write off completely the Redskins. Why? They I just picked up another quarterback. They have Kyle I, Allen and I'm Dwayne not, Haskins I'm now. Not, I'm not sure that they are totally in love with Dwayne Haskins, and it would not shock me if a guy like Ron Rivera, who didn't really give him his seal of approval, just said, we're, we're cutting – basically made the pitch saying, we're cutting our losses. I want this quarterback. Find cutting your losses. The, guy, the guy's still got to have like $25 million in guaranteed money coming. I'm not, I'm not saying cut him, but find a trading partner because somebody would be out there willing yeah. to take on Dwayne. It wouldn't shock me. I do, if I, I mean if I'm a betting man right now, yeah, I'm betting Miami drafts Tua. I would that that's the absolute favorite. But I'm not the NFL draft. We've seen so many times anything can happen, and everything usually does at some point. I, and and I think that's what makes this year's draft uh, so appealing. Is a lot of times you can you can slot so many in quarterbacks. One, you can slot in one through seven, one through ten sometimes, and get it pretty close. This year, a lot can happen atop this draft beyond Joe Burrow that um, I'm very excited to see what happens. But that takes us to our next topic here, Matt. The GMs are starting to push back on the April 23rd, I believe, start to the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. It's already been reported by, I believe, the LA Times had it first, um, that the draft is not going to take place in Las Vegas. It's going to be in a studio setting, much more like the MLB draft mm-hmm. has been in years past, which in today's circumstances makes a ton of sense. I mean, uh, Vegas is shut down right now anyway, and what it'll look like on the tail end of April is anyone's guess right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just think that I just think that 
it's a precarious situation and the general managers don't have all of the information in front of them that they usually do. They can't go get physicals on guys. They can't go sit down face to face and ask them about the bong mask that he got caught with. They can't do their due diligence how they usually do. And I think it's got a lot of GMs feeling uneasy about the picks that they're about to make. So they are pushing the league to push back the NFL draft. I'm hearing that the league does not want to do that. Yeah. If, Every step of the way, there's been talk you know, through this entire pandemic. There's been talk of you know, should the NFL push back what you know the, the official league year, the starter free agency, all that stuff. And it seems like outside, even GMs have been pushing for it to happen. And Roger Goodell doesn't seem to wanting to be budging on that. I think he wants to keep this this train on the tracks and going on schedule as much as he possibly can. So I would I would still be surprised if the NFL draft is moved um, because. Throughout this entire ordeal, like I said, Goodell has just been so dead set on maintaining the norm, maintaining the dates he's already set. And for better or worse, I think that's where we're headed. I think we are going to have that draft on April 23rd or whatever date it's it's originally scheduled for. And the NFL, you know, they've made tweaks, they've made changes as required, but they haven't really... You know, we're on the we're we're in the dead of the offseason of the NFL. The league season has started, but they've been the least affected yeah. directly. Um, and this is by, their chance to, going on. even more so, remain in the spotlight. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's taking advantage of a situation, absolutely. But this is, you know, the NFL has always done a great job in the offseason of still being very relevant, even though their season's not going on. You don't, by the end of April, by early May, we might have, well, games won't be back yet. We might have, you know, teams start coming back and story, you know, teams start, you know, practicing again or working out or, or some sort of, you know, semblance of, you know, sports creeping back into our lives. I don't think the NFL wants to give up that number one spot. And I think come April 23rd, if you have the NFL draft and that stuff starts to at least begin to, you know, turn the wheels in motion of happening, I think the NFL still wants to be there and pushing back would make them. Uh, the NFL draft will never be an afterthought, but will make it not nearly as big of a spectacle and event as it would be on April 23rd. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, barring anything outstanding here, um, unless you get, yeah, maybe the GMs want things moved, but if the GMs can't get the owners to back them, we know that yeah. Roger Goodell answers to the owners. Um, so if you get majority ownership wanting this thing moved then maybe yes we get it moved but i think that um i think that the owners are looking at their bottom lines right now and the second you move the draft that moves week one that moves other things and yeah. and eventually it starts to move their bottom line and mm-hmm. that's what ownership won't have so that's why i do think that we do see this uh, as scheduled yeah i'm with you uh, another rescheduling note here as they continue to roll in, the Olympics will be moved to the summer of 2021, but they will still be called the 2020 Summer Olympics, which is going to be a mind melter. Uh, Dick Pound just dropping the hammer. <laughs> Dick Pound. Okay. Little, little inside, little inside scoop on Dick Pound. Yeah. Middle name, William. No. Richard William Pound. So Dick will pound. Uh, oh my God. Uh, yeah, his parents had a sense of humor. Let's just it has let's to just lay that, it out there. It really has to be. Let's just lay it out there. But, uh, yeah, the announcement came in earlier in the week. Uh, yesterday, I believe Tuesday, it was Dick Pound came out and said it Monday. 
IOC, he was like, ah, we haven't really come to it yet. And then the next day they, they come out and say, we are moving the Olympics. Just heartbreaking for the athletes who have worked for four years to get to this point because a lot of them, you know, I'd say the majority of them, I don't know, but I'd say the majority of them will continue to train and get ready for a year from now. But some of them are moving out of their prime. Some yeah. of them have other things scheduled. Some of them have other things to do and will not be competing because of this. And that is a life altering change um, that they're having to experience and my heart goes out to them but frankly I don't really care I yeah. don't really care about I, the Olympics I care about the athletes Yeah, I get excited when we have an awesome team I get excited about the US hockey team in winter I, ex- I get excited when Michael Phelps was trying to you know break all these records and we had the awesome uh, relay team with him and Lochte and the other guys I get excited when we have a big sprinter like Marion Jones who's cheating and or Michael Johnson who is cheating, cheating. or all the other sprinters who are cheating. cheating you get excited for those little individual moments but the Olympics as a whole Outside of the opening ceremonies where you get a little teary-eyed, don't really move me much. Yeah, and it's not like it, – first off, like you said, I, I do feel bad for the athletes who this will affect. And I would imagine most of them will still be back in 2021. And luckily, they weren't just canceled flat out. It was just pushed back one year. So most of these guys will still get their chance, and I feel bad for them. I'm not – I'm one of the few people who actually prefers the Winter Olympics to the summer because I think – the Olympic hockey tournament. I think I might be the there NH- with you too. Whether the NHLers are in it or not, the you know Olympic hockey is – probably my favorite tournament to watch outside of March Madness and uh-huh. the Masters, obviously. Um, but I forgot where I was going with that. I had a great uh, point. Winter I had a great as opposed point. to summer. I had a great point. I had a you great like point. cold oh, no, no, because you I'm think not, cold not, over hot? I don't I'm, not, I'm not looking for like, I'm not like diehard sitting here waiting for the 2020 Olympics or like year to, you know, every year. To, it's like, okay, great. Now it's just in the summer of 2021 and it'll be something on the, on the, you know, on TV in the background when I'm at home in 2021 instead of this summer. Like I'm okay with it. It's not yeah. like I wasn't like sitting here, like, you know, holding my USA flags, just counting down the days till the 2020 Olympics. If they're in 2021 now, all right, whatever. Like, that's fine. I'll just, I'll wait till then and watch them. Like it's not, yeah. I'm not massively affected by this at all. Whatsoever. In terms of, in terms of sports programming this summer, it's maybe number 17 on the list of things I'm pissed we're and, not getting. Yeah. And quite honestly, like that's right around the time when, you know, hopefully and, I would say most would think that, you know, sports kind of start coming back, whether they, there are fans in the stands or not. Um, like sports start coming back. We have games on our TV. We have, you know, maybe NBA playoffs, maybe NHL playoffs, baseball. Like that's going to be a really crowded time on the sports calendar. We would, yeah. like, we would like to think at this point. So for the Olympics themselves might not be the best idea in terms of a rating standpoint too, to push them off because they'd have a lot more competition in 2020 than they would in 2021. Yeah, I think that um, you make a good point there with it maybe being able to dominate next summer. But uh, yeah, again, the Olympics being moved to 2021, uh, the economic footprint on Japan is supposedly going to be pretty hefty. Uh, I, I saw a number like two point something billion they're yeah, losing like, this summer. But I'm sorry, um, welcome again, to the rest of the world at this point. W- yeah, worldwide economies are being affected. It's it's no no one is bearing this uh, this load alone, yeah. and uh, it is unfortunate. But again, like my heart goes out to the athletes. But um, from a programming standpoint, I'm not necessarily up in arms about it. Yeah. So um, speaking of programming, Matt, oh. what have you been watching? What do you, what do you, what's, what's been on the docket lately? Uh, well, right now I've got uh, international horse racing uh, okay. on TV, so there's some sort of sports. That's pretty great. Um, okay. I, you know, I, a lot of uh, the not to pump my own network here, 
uh, we, we've been doing um, since beginning of last week. We've been switching off nights from uh, Blackhawks 2010 playoff uh-huh. run wins and Bulls 1996 playoff wins. And yeah. it's really just fun to go back and like just that. Obviously, the Hawks I remember vividly. Um, the, the 96 Bulls, 97 Bulls, 98 Bulls, like, I remember like the tail end of 97 and 98. I don't really remember watching, watching those today's games lens, series. Yeah. Like it's fun to go back and like watch them as, you know, an adult now and be able to understand and like respect what's going on there. Um, so those have been a lot of fun to watch. I mean, obviously a lot of Netflix. I started that Tiger King series. Everybody's, you know, ra- raving about that's, yeah, wild that's, about. that's wild. Um, <laughs> A <laughs> uh, lot, lot of office reruns, a lot, lot of background okay. noise. I've been doing you, some office too. While you're working from home, it, it's a, it's a nice uh, it's a nice background noise to have. Quite honestly, Joe, you, you might not understand this. I don't think you're a big video game guy. A lot of Call of I Duty. I like I like my video games. A lot of Call of Duty. We're we're crushing Call of Duty. Call of Duty. How's the kill death ratio right now? How's you know, the KD? The, the K to D is hovering just under one. I'm at, I'm at about a point nine six, which I can live with. I, mm. It's going to be tough to tough mm. to get back over to one because uh, yeah, I played whole numbers. It's okay. Uh, it's it's tough to hit that number. I, I can live with where I'm at. I see. I see. Uh, you, what, what's, what's on in the Muso house? Is there a wrestle over the remote? Do we have? No, not at all. It's not yours. at all. Um, we're both still working. So Shelb's at work during the day. And then on off days, I'm here at night, obviously. And then um, on days that I'm not off, we have the morning together when she's off and I go to work. So there's, you know, we, we spend evenings together. So it's not like a quarantine okay. situation. Yeah, because you guys are a little bit unique. Um, you get, if you're both at work and out of the house, you're not stuck with each yeah. other, you know, in front of yeah, the no. TV all day. So that's nice. The show goes on. The show goes on. But uh, no, we've been watching. We have our shows that we watch together. And then. Um, what are those? Like? I've been what watching, shows we got? A lot of smut. To be honest with you, sure. a lot of just nothing, trash. Nothing wrong with Vanderpump that. rules. Don't know what that is. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Obviously, know what that um, is. Summer House, like anything on E or Bravo. Okay. A lot of that. A lot of that. Then we'll once we get a little fatigued on that, we'll dive into Netflix. We'll flip around. There's been a couple new uh, comedy uh, specials are up. Bert Kreischer's got a new one up. Uh, Tom Segura's got a new one up. So we enjoy those. We like our stand up comedy. Love a good stand up uh, special. And then we go to our deference show. Like when we just defer and we don't want to make a decision, we'll watch The Office. We'll watch Parks and Rec. We'll watch New Girl. Um, we'll new Girl is an underrated show that does not get. Oh, if you it haven't worked your way through New Girl, oh my! You God. need to watch New Girl twice. Even if you watch New Girl, go watch it again because some of the jokes that you miss, like some of the quick little one-liners, it's so good. It, it, fantastic. It's a fantastic. Um, so we've been watching show. that, and usually when I'm I'm home here during the day, I clean up the house, get a little workout in in the living room, uh, and I leave CBS Sports HQ, not to plug our our station, but leave Sport CBS Sports HQ up on the laptop. That's and a company man put, right there. And I put the news up on uh, up on the uh, up on the big screen, so there we watch. Uh, we flip back and forth. I like to case study the news, so I'll flip from CNN to Fox and back and forth because they're usually from like a show blocking standpoint, usually covering right now the same angles, but the way they cover them it's, it's differently hysterical. is just a case study in framing. Um, so I, I like to go back and forth there and, and get both sides of the spectrum. Uh, and outside of that, we've been doing a lot of reading, uh, uh, got through the alchemist the other day and we're on to the hot hand, uh, by Ben Cohen. It's a, uh, nice little ditty, quick read about, um, 
I mean, it's it's a hefty book, but it's it, it's a page turner. Um, it's about the science behind streaks. So they talk to Steph Curry about shooting. They talk to um, investment, a couple of very successful investment bankers, just about like you know what leads to that um, can't miss feel. Uh, it's a it's a very interesting read. So if if you can if you can bear it, uh, flip that one open. If not, uh, I believe it comes in audiobook form as well. Yeah, I'm not a big reader. No, we know. That's why I pitched the audiobook. Thank I've been you. doing a lot of YouTube that. too. You know, I've I've watched most all of Tiger's uh, majors as of right now. I tweeted out last week that I'd be watching all of Tiger's majors uh, final rounds of all 15 of his major wins. And I haven't been doing it linearly. I started with the 97 Masters because where else do you begin? But then yeah. I've kind of jumped around a little bit um, and watched those final rounds. So that's been fun to dig back into those. And uh, a lot of podcasts. Just listen to a lot of podcasts. The Moose and Runes podcast? Moose and Runes podcast, yeah. of course. Uh, first and foremost, um, I'm a big Joe Rogan guy. Whenever Joe Rogan gets a good uh, guest on, Fighter and the Kid is a weekly listen for me, which is uh, Brian Callen and Brendan Schaub. So, you know, there's there's more content out there than we could ever ever fill our time with. Like, there's just if you if you're bored right now, it's just because you're a boring person. Just find uh, something. Find something, Matt. That was a boring person noise you just made. So thank I'm not you boring. for uh, backing up my. Point. I disagree yeah. that I'm a boring person. Yeah. I'm a very fun person. I don't know. I'm a fun person. Know. With that noise that I just made too, watch the whole season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Great if you haven't show. gotten into that one yet, fantastic. I got a couple of it. I'm purposely this holding season, off a couple weeks, like this because season, I up and I want to. I want to be able to binge like three yeah. or four in a row. Big this fan. season of Curb to me, while it might not have had the best single episodes was the most complete season of Curb. Is like the season over Curb, now? Uh, yes, the okay. finale was last Sunday. Usually Curb has like two or three down episodes every season. And then there's always a couple classics per season. This season, there wasn't a down episode. Yeah, it was I, I'm through six. I think either six or seven, but uh, every yeah. episode I very much liked. And while like you can get to the point, and anybody who's watched Curb would know, like sometimes the episodes can be a little bit like, to curb your enthusiasm storyline like, too, like you, and you know exa- and this yeah. season had a little bit of that but didn't get to the point where it wasn't enjoyable uh, uh-huh. but I, I very much like every single episode oh, the way, so far the way they tie season. everything in at the end of the season is fantastic it's just, you're gonna enjoy the, it. i can't wait to see it um here's to hoping sports come back because i am missing it but i have been um i've been very proud of myself in it not ruining me you know i've, I've been okay I've been all right without sports and I didn't think I would be. I will say I think that it's because I think it's because the nostalgia viewing, like you said, with the old Hawks um, yeah. championship runs and the Burley perfect game on his birthday the other day. Now, I, I, let me take issue with NBC Sports Chicago here. I was trying to hack the system, sign in with my parents cable account here in yeah. Connecticut to watch game five 2010 yeah. of uh, the Predators we were both uh, matchup. There. We Fun were at fact. that game. One of top three sporting events I've ever been to. What are the um, well, after this, we're going to have to ask you the top two. Um, no, fin- finish, game, the story, finish the story and then we'll okay. Couldn't get in because I'm out of the viewing area. I was blacked out. So I was very unhappy with that. I can't stream. I don't, I don't know how though. Cause I like I've streamed live games but maybe because maybe because it's not a live game i've streamed stream live games on the my teams app from like Florida, i don't know if from it's because my, my device is registered with a different cable company i don't know what it was couldn't get in um but to answer your question 
Game five's up there, Predators. Game seven, Detroit, 2013. Oh, you were in the building move. for that. I was in the building, okay. me and Dom Compagna, sitting behind the goal um, at the end where they scored both the game winner that got called off, and I believe the game winner was at our end, too. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were in the 300 section, about 10 rows up. Awesome view, emotional roller coaster. Double overtime, correct? Yeah, uh, no, no, Sing, Detroit was single, single overtime. Single overtime? Yeah. Single overtime. Uh, the, the L.A. series where they went to the Cup. L.A. was, was double, double overtime, yeah. Single overtime winner. That, that's got to be up there as well. And then I always have, and I think I've said it here on the podcast before, it wasn't a playoff game. It wasn't a championship game. It wasn't like a big, crazy moment. But it's the Bears game that sticks in my memory of when I fell in love with the Chicago Bears. And it was 2001. Oh, way back. That's a throwback. Uh, Mike Brown interception against the 49ers first ah. play of overtime. Brian Urlacher lays up. They were down, I believe, 28-3 to at half. They come all the way back to tie up the game. First play of overtime. Brian Urlacher lays out T.O. Might have gotten there early if you watch the replay. Who cares? Right into Mike Brown's lap. Takes it in for the touchdown. He did the same thing the following week yeah, on against the, the road against Cleveland. No, I was, we I was at, at home against Cleveland. That was at home against Cleveland? Yeah, I'll never – because okay. that was – they were down like 21-7. They tied it on the Hail Mary that uh, – Yeah. The, can, can you name the – I'll even give you the position, the running back that caught that. The running back that caught the one against the Browns? Yep, Hail Mary. At that time, it would have been – that predates Thomas Jones, right? It does. It's it's a tough one. I, if you get this, I'll be very impressed. He, he it's not a, Curtis Enos. It's not Curtis Enos. Is somewhere between uh, Cedric Benson? No, that was no. way way before Cedric Benson. The, the, the guy had a quick career. It was, I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. Five year <laughs> career, it? four with the Bears. It was none other than James Allen, number twenty. James, James Allen no caught it, caught a deflected pass in the end zone there for the hail mary okay. after the onside kick to tie it twenty one twenty one. But the, that Niners game has has a deep rooted spot in my heart. I just remember the celebration. A guy fell from three rows above us, like broke sure. his ankle, but was cheering. We were holding him. It was yeah. It was just like you know that moment when that tuning fork in your heart rang, and it's like oh, yeah. this team means a shit ton to me. So mm-hmm. I always I always hold that that game close to my heart. Those are good. Those are all good options. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? You got you got any that come to mind? Top oh, three? I mean, Game Five, Nashville. I mean, you've been to there. every championship, yeah, of all I've, time. I, I mean, yeah, I've been to nineteen twelve World Series. I, I've, <laughs> I've been to quite a few Blackhawks games. I've been I've been lucky enough to be at quite a few Blackhawks playoff games. I got I got to go with that uh, number. That's probably number two. Number number three for me. It, it's a little bit off the beaten path here, but uh, during the twenty thirteen Notre Dame national championship run. Um, mm-hmm. I was at the game where they beat Michigan 13 to six at Notre Dame stadium. Um, and that was, at, there's no atmosphere for me, like a college football stadium, like a big college football night game, like feel. And I believe that was like the first night game at Notre Dame stadium and forever. That was the, uh, well, we found out it was later a hoax, but when Manti Teo's girlfriend had just died, like that was <laughs> the, the crowd, the crowd was like, obviously, and it was they were behind the kid. <laughs> that was the year after like the Lene Kukua. I believe that was the year after they lost in heartbreaking fashion to Denard Robinson Robinson in the big house uh, in the what night game. Star story. They they you know they finally they were never able to beat Denard Robinson. They kind of finally slayed that dragon. One thirteen to six at home. The defense was dominant. Now offensive coordinator Tommy Reese uh, did just enough to win. I think he scored the game's only touchdown yep. on a quarterback draw of all plays for Tommy Reese to score on. Um, number two, I said game five, and the number one for me, I was in the house when the when the Hawks clinched the cup in 2015, yeah. and that's that. There's 
there's hard nothing like that. That that's pretty hard to beat for me. Self-explanatory. Awesome. That's good stuff, right there. We got that's another top three list in the mailbag. If you want to just jump right into that, let's jump right into that one. Let's just, this one, hey, I'm gonna credit. We we gave him a little bit of crap earlier. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Rooney gave us a nice question. He asked for five, but we're gonna lower it to three here because we got quite a few mailbag questions. Joe, top three days on the sports calendar for Joe Musso throughout the year. Top three days on the sports calendar. Um, while I've grown, my love for college basketball has grown um, this season and covering a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. for CBS Sports. Uh, it's just I've always been a pro. I've always been pro pro sports. Okay. Um, college football, fantastic. Uh, I do think that college football playoff Saturday. Uh, yeah with the two games is up there. Cause I remember the first one, I remember being at hook and ladder and just like, like, Oh, this is, this is a this cool is so thing. Cool, yeah. Hopefully happens forever. Um, so that's hook gotta be up bar, there. Park. No free ads. I mean, if you want to those walls could talk. If those walls could talk. <laughs> Thankfully um, they can't. What else? I really always enjoy uh divisional round of the NFL. That's, playoffs. A, that's a great day. And master Sunday. Let's there go with those go. three divisional round NFL playoffs. College football playoff round of four and uh, Master Sunday. I'm going to go with uh, number three. I'm going to say opening day in baseball because usually there is some sort of NCAA tournament action going on there as well. That's good. Yeah, overlap. Um, I so, wasn't looking for overlaps. That's there you my go. See, see, there you go. You got to think these things through. That and so it's not. I, don't get me wrong. I love opening day, but on its own, it wouldn't be in my top three, but because it has that yeah. combination of, you know, whatever round they're in at that point, sometimes it's the second round, which I actually think is overall better than the first. Um, I think that's probably number three for me. Number two, uh, I mean, we're going to, we're going to be able, actually, you know, number two, I'm going to go a little bit different than here. I was thinking about college football playoff Saturday. I'm going to go with week one college football Saturday. I just okay. think because you've been starved for football for so long, you've been getting you know we get to that point in August where every week we're looking more and more forward to it. You got a little you got a little high school tease the week prior. Yeah, you got a pep in your step. You wake up that Saturday morning, you watch college game day. You got a whole slew of games to watch and gamble on. I'm going to go with that number two, and then yeah, number one, it's Master Sunday. There's there's you know no better day than Master uh, Sunday, and it's it, it's it's contingent on. The teams and the schedule—it's not guaranteed every year. Go on. But there's always a there's always a few days in late May, early June, uh, NBA Finals and Stanley Cup. Mm. You get sometimes you get you back get the, to back. Yeah, and even if it's the semis, even if it's the conference finals, you mm-hmm. get like a you get a back to back. You get like an awesome afternoon, not afternoon, but an awesome evening matchup on the East Coast in hockey and then like a West Coast Golden State Warriors matchup. Like there were a few days in there where you get playoff hockey, playoff basketball with like big time implications that are always good times. Mm -hmm. I like that. that. Thank you, Mike, for the good question. That's an example. Good question. That was an example of a good question. Um, um, I think we've hit all our topics here. We want to just keep, let's just keep digging yeah, into keep, this uh, mailbag. We'll keep going to the mailbag, and if something hits us, something hits us. Uh, let's open Let's open it up here. Um, with opening day supposing, you know, supposed to have been tomorrow. By the way, if you're, if you're interested on NBC Sports Chicago, we're re-airing all the White Sox games from 05, or White Sox regular season games God. from 05 uh, for the next two months, so that we got that going <laughs> for you. Um, but the, the, the question of ballpark food was brought up by a listener of the pod, uh, Matt Simon. And he wants okay. to know, we're going to open it up to Sox and Cubs here, but but take me through your... No relation your, to Paul Simon. No relation, thankfully. Um, or not thankfully. That'd be cool <laughs> if he was. Um, you're, you're, you're making me lose my train of thought here. I Joe, Joe wa- walk me through your 
your food experience at both the Sox game and a Cubs game. So not like you you tell me what your favorite thing is, but tell me like hey from when you walk in the door, from when you walk in the gate to when you leave, what's what's your, what's on your food schedule for both? Okay. Uh, White Sox game. Yeah. You get in before, you know, obviously you get there before first pitch. Hopefully you got like 20 minutes on your hands. Go buy a new hat, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, get settled. Go see the seats. Sit down. Hey, does anybody want anything? I always want to watch the first two innings. I always want to see how these pitchers are tossing it. Uh, like, I always want to see the, the first, you know, six guys in each lineup get to the plate. So around yeah. mid-second. Like mid second inning, top third, you head up, you get two brats with one You're a brat with man. just interesting. I'm a brat man. Brat two man. brats, one with just onions, one with onion and kraut, both with mustard, obviously. Okay. Um, head back down to the seats. I don't really have a drink preference as a kid. I'm thinking of like what I would get as a kid. Bottle of water, a Coke, whatever. Obviously, these days you get yourself a nice cold one or a couple cold ones, whatever. Get back to the seats, watch a few more innings of baseball around the sixth, maybe even at the seventh inning stretch because I'm not the biggest take me out to the ball game guy. Yeah, I don't need. Um, I don't need to say. I, honestly, the best part was when Hawk used to wave to the fans and give them thumbs up and think they were waving at him. You head back up, and at the Sox game, you get a churro. So I'm, I'm not like a, I don't eat the a man game. after I'm my a, own heart. I'm a two brats and a churro to, to end it. Dip and Dots did have their moment at U.S. Cellular. Um, Dip and Dots are an like occasional I'm thinking thing of, for me. Yeah, when I'm thinking of the go-tos, it was two brats, maybe a third if you're crazy hungry, um, and a couple churros. Uh, Wrigley Field, different story, depends where you're sitting. If I'm out in the bleachers over the last five years, it's hot dogs. You get hot dogs, get a great – Great quality product out of there. Get one of their craft whatevers and some beers. Outside of that, I don't really have like a box seat go-to other no. than like I always – I feel like I ate more peanuts at Cubs games than at Sox games. I so, feel like I was always peanuts and beer at the Cubs game. I'll, I'll get my Cubs game out of the way. I, I don't know the, the stands or the, you know, the, the sections, the stands way well enough to – it's my go-to at most baseball games I go to. It's you, know, you walk in, you get a beer, you get a couple hot dogs, and if I'm really feeling mm-hmm. later, a couple innings, I'll probably go get another one of those hot dogs because those, you know, those are the not the the big you know grilled hot dogs like you have at the Sox game. They're just the steamed They're ones. They're just like little steamers. Yeah, I mean that's just a snack. That's like, a heartburn. That'll ruin a day for that, me. That's just a snack. You can eat like six of those in a sitting if you really wanted to. Those aren't that hard. You can not that I do that. Not that I do that. I'm saying could, um, and then you know just kind of casual couple beers here and there depends on what kind of day i'm having um but you know you know anywhere from two to five beers whatever um socks game i i, I like your your thought process of the brat the dog you're a brat person I, i'm a i'm a brat. one hot dog one polish okay um but i do that uh, before i get to the seat before anything I'm, I'm getting in there i smell those onions right when you walk onto the concourse oh. and there's, there's no turning back for me by the way, if they I'll turn wait. that into a candle. You got to wait. If the onions aren't ready, I'll wait. I'll go back down and come up an inning later. See, the onions got to be there. I always ask. The onions are usually, because I'm usually getting in there. I mean, look, I, I've been to enough Sox games now. And quite honestly, the last few years, like, you, I, I'm with you when it's a good pitching matchup. I like sitting down and seeing how they're throwing. But when Irvin Santana or Odrissimir Despagne are on the mound for the White Sox, don't necessarily <laughs> need to see how that one's going to go um, because I kind of know already. So I am, I'm, get me my hot dog, get me my dog, get me my Polish, and then I'll make my way down to the seats. When you get the onions on them, by the way, veteran move, ask for the well-done onions. 
if yeah. you, they'll, they'll do it they'll do it for you because they obviously have the ones that are in the beginning stages they have the ones in the back that are more done ask for ask for the they're well, trying the to ones move those well help you out. Ones, yeah they yeah. want to get those out those are better you ask for those um i will grab a usually a, an ice cold modello that that's, okay. that's usually my socks game beer go hang out um once those are done i will usually go pretty quickly to grab grab a bag of peanuts after an inning or two not to start eating then, just to kind of have and kind of snack on throughout the game. And then with uh, I'm you couldn't have said your seventh, sixth inning food decision any better. If you're not if you're not getting a churro in between the bottom of the sixth and top of the seventh, you're just wrong. You're not making a mistake. <laughs> you're just flat out wrong. And, and now sometimes all it's a two churro thing. With, with all of those, you got to do two churros. What with flavor? all of those trips what flavor? that. With all those, either a standard or a little chocolate. See, I've never gone standard. I don't think I've ever no? gone standard. Uh, oh, I love a standard. I love all three of the, the uh, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, all three. It, it's strictly a mood thing for me. Uh, yeah, vanilla, strawberry is a no-go for me. That's right. Um, now, the only issue is here, time. with all the trips that you've made to get these uh, snacks and confections, yeah. if it's a Johan Santana Mark Burley start, it's the eighth inning. You've you you got to hustle. All. All right, you just got to hustle. You just got to eat them. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but, uh, you now have me, I have a taste for churros and there is a spot in downtown Stanford, our taco spot. It's called bar taco, mm. swanky little cocktail and taco place that, um, Sounds right they're doing, alley. they're, they're doing, yeah, right on that. They're doing, uh, takeout still. So they do a fantastic churro, okay. like a homemade, it's not your straight classic churro. They're shorter and they're little twisties, oh, but they still have, they're fantastic. They come with a little chocolate and caramel dip. And it's just okay. A standard so it's not, churro. The, it's not the filling; it's the dip. No I like, filling. I like that idea. Standard churro dip, and okay. it's. Oh, I might have to do it tonight. Well, maybe do might that, have yeah. to support local. If, hey, hey if you do that, why don't you tweet that? Tweet a picture of that at the Moose and Runes list. Churro give, picks, give, you got give, it. give us a little, little something. Some hot churro picks. All right, let's see what we got here, Joe. Th- this next one comes from a uh, veteran listener of the pod, Parker Carroll, and he's been. He hasn't Love been. Him. Co- he hasn't been quite inspired by the push-up challenges on Instagram. He's, he's made it clear he's very much hoping he doesn't get tagged in one. Okay. Um, but more so you, because you'll, you'll go in-depth more on this than I will. He wants you to break down the perfect push-up. What, what's, what are we looking for in this push-up challenge? What are we looking for in – what, what is to you the perfect push-up? How far down you got to go? How quick There's, are we going? The push-up is a complete gray area. There is a – there is no one correct push-up. Now, you could do elbows out. You could do elbows at your side, really fire at those triceps. Mm-hmm. There is, There are a number of criteria, though, that make it a push-up. But Chest when Par- when Parker brought this up, I was like, I-, I can probably tell you like two seconds on it. Joe will have a perfect like breakdown answer. He doesn't even need – like I was very right in how you would answer this, but go ahead. Chest to detail. floor. To floor and lock and lock out those elbows. I've if been your told chest isn't touching the floor, and your elbows are not reaching a 180 degree straight lockout. You're not doing a push up. See, These I've been told half reps that people are doing that aren't getting past 90 degrees make me sick. I've been told uh, you. Ha- it's basically like there's a you got to pretend like there's a tennis ball in between your chest and the floor. So you don't got to bump the floor, but you got to get fine. kind of that low. I, I'm or big, if. If, if you wear a chain, a, if, if you wear a chain, if your chain's hitting the floor while you're doing the push-up, you're getting low enough. 
Did you get? I'm not gonna. Reference? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna justify. That was pretty. That was that was pretty good though. That was pretty good. That's a 2004 rap reference that I'm yeah. not going to Shout do any me. justification. You know, if the elbows aren't going, uh, my, my thing. If they're not going to at least the 90, elbows are my issue. If you're the not going, if you're not getting issue. down to at least a 90 degree bend, there you're doing it wrong. See, the, the, my my big issue is when people stay at the 90 degree bend and just kind of do like a little pump. Oh no, you got to you got to get is. up. You got to get up. I need yeah. extension. Mm-hmm. I need extension. extension. That's I, I said I tweeted I got into a little bit of, of a tete a tete on uh, Twitter oh, of course about uh, about this very topic and um, a lot of people were, were were in disagreement with me but you know I said it's a way of life. You finish through the line you touch the cone and you lock out on your pushups. It's combine rules here, 24, seven, 365. Man. Was there, was there anything more annoying now that you brought it up than the people during conditioning that either didn't touch the line or didn't run through the line? My I didn't God, care. I, I didn't care when people did that. The only time no, I, I cared, cared when people when did that is like, when it right, cost us another more rep. reps. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. care if you're doing it like, and it's not costing me, but when it costs me reps and you've been worn 17 different times, just touch the damn line. Don't mm-hmm. screw but all of us. Hey, you start cutting corners freshman year of high school and, uh, I'd be. I'd venture to say that you're still cutting corners today. So you should. It's a, uh, way of, it's a way of life, man. You know what we should do. We should. Well, you should because I'm not going to do it. Run, run your 300. See if you still make the time. Oh God, that's the one thing I refuse to do. I still I have would, nightmares about those. There's no way in hell that I would make time on a 300. Right Did now. you ever miss your 300s? I don't no, think so. Right. I made my. I tore my. I was gonna say one year you did my 300. Okay. Didn't one year you not I'm, run them? I want to say my freshman year, your sophomore year, you're out for camp for a little bit of while. No, my sophomore year, that was the year I tore my PCL. Gotcha. I final down and back, my legs were shot, and I went to turn for the last down and back and felt a pop in the back of my knee. Still finished through, dove through the line because my leg had just completely given out at that time. Still ours, made the time. Ours Still made the nice time, but it cost me like eight weeks. The, the <laughs> offensive line running time was was very, very not that difficult to make. So I was always – Norm was always, hey, don't pace yourself in those first that, – that first, you know, first of two, three hundreds. You could easily pace yourself to make sure you had the juice for the second one. It was a lot of fun. There was no that's pacing fun. yourself that position. Yeah, no, position you guys, time. you guys had a tough. Those like, were you guys down and back sprints. I mean, Those for, were I mean sprints. So I, I was obviously always one of the smaller linemen, so naturally I was in at least a little bit better shape, just because surely I was just smaller than everybody. So for <laughs> me, there weren't they weren't that difficult to make, but they were always still yeah. incredibly stressful. Plus, the way Norm counted for us, it wasn't always good. He didn't actually do like the true like. He didn't have a stopwatch timing everybody. No he one just counted in his head. <laughs> no, no one, no one could finish at the same time. So, like, if I, if you and me now, obviously, oh, like if finish, another but, person came yeah. across, so like, seven for the eight. If, yeah, if me, if me and if me and Matt Seeger were running side by side, and I finished, you know, literally a tenth of a second ahead of him, I was sixty-seven. He was sixty-eight. And then if there was someone who finished five yards behind us, it was sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine. It was, yeah. it was not, it was, he, it was always fun. he went from counting time to counting people. Exactly. At that point. Exactly. And he, that, that, that cost Travis Rundle, Travis Rundle was straight stopwatch on position players. Of course he was good times. Good times. Um, all right. What are we in the legs thinking about it? What else we got? What do we got here next? Joe, uh, this, this comes from another veteran listener to the pot who shout out Tim Rooney. You, you win our listener of the month award. Um, first time we've ever given that out. Um, he sent us about 15 different mailbags yesterday, a couple via Twitter, a couple via text. He wants so is to know. So time out. Before we get in, is Tim TJRJR? No, he is TMR. Ah, okay. Middle name Matthew. Great middle name. Gotcha. It's very solid gotcha. middle name. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's got the first name. He is not a junior, though. Okay. Um, he wants to know, what's the one thing in your golf bag that would surprise people? Which I, I'm, still, I'm still thinking about. I got one. 
But mm-hmm. I, I want you to go first because you're the much more creative. You, plus, you're a little bit more unique. It's, you have a little bit more bells and whistles to your game than I do. Oh, no. See, the other day when I walked, I emptied out that bag. It was essentials yeah. only. It was Well, yeah, it was but now I'm, I'm not talking four about golf balls. circumstances. Yeah. Only four golf balls. Four golf balls. We're, I need we're about very, 14. Uh, no, we're, this, the course that I was playing is – see, now that we're back out here, I had to take way more balls with me in uh, – out on the West coast because hazards are crazy. There's a lot of native areas. I'm back on the East coast where it's very similar to Midwest golf where like your biggest trouble is tree trouble. Remember only a little bit of water when I, when I made par after driving the ball off a mountain because it yes, kicked off yes. the mountain and into the so, middle of the fairway. A lot more has a lot, lot more mountainous hazards, things like that. Um, ravines and whatnot. So uh, I, that was, I was just trying to flex there saying I only needed four golf balls in my bag. So yeah, I need be, like 14. Um, what do we got in the bag? I think, I, I got one. I'm ready. The only thing you, that's go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I got, and it's probably not going to last much longer, but I have both a five wood and a three iron right now. I got, I got the, I'm, I'm good. I got 14. Okay. I, I'm going to, at some point trade out one of those for another wedge, but right yeah. now I, I've been very much, uh, very comfortable in my wedge game that I don't think I, I haven't been ready to add another one yet. And I kind of like the feel of, the five wood from the fairway, but the three wood off the tee when okay. I'm looking for that club. That is a little I, surprising. I, I don't See, love the three wood off the, like, it's just so flat. I have much more comfortable uh, comfortability with that wood feel oh. off the fairway than I do with a, you know, essentially a flat three iron. I've, I think my three wood has been for the last like decade, my most consistently struck. Like if you look at the wear mark on yeah. the clubs, I have a old three wood that I cracked the face because it was just worn at the bottom, like perfect strike. Little bit, little bit left of center, right of center, but like never, never digging into the ground with the three wood. I'm a big three I'm wood about fan. To, I'm about to pop my second one here too. They're just you know, just grooving it. But I'm going actually the opposite direction with my bag. I'm taking a wedge out this summer and adding a driving iron. I'm, I'm adding a two iron. So it's not bag. in your bag yet, but we'll we'll take that. We'll allow that. Well, yes, it will um, eventually I, be in your bag. The order is in with uh, Brian Sen and the good people at Wilson Golf, getting me a little bit of uh, employee rate there. Shout out to the kid um, on the driving iron. But it's going to be an awkward situation because I'm going to have both a driving iron and a hybrid in the bag. Um, I can't do it. I, I just, I love a hybrid. Um, I, I know it like doesn't make much sense at the top of the bag there. Times. But I, I don't I don't have any confidence with my 52-degree wedge. I'd rather gear down a pitching wedge. So I go pitching. So I'm going to go pitching wedge 56, 60 as my wedge options. Yeah, I can, do I, a, I can I can hit a pitching wedge anywhere from like a buck 35 to a hundred yards knockdown. Like I could fill in that whole gap to 56, no problem. I'm debating just adding the extra wedge because I don't think I'll use it that often. But I'll probably get more use out of it than I do the three or the four or I'm sorry the three the five wood or the three iron. And quite yeah. honestly, if I'm hitting three iron off the tee. I'll be fine hitting four iron off the same tee. And other yeah. than that, I, I don't really use three iron enough to justify it. Oh, no, it, my three iron's long been gone. It, it, it probably makes sense just to have an extra wedge just for flexibility. But I, I'm kind of with you in that, like, I know my knockdown wedge feel or my, like, gear up sand wedge feel so well that I'm not uh-huh. sure it's totally necessary because it's just yeah. you, you've hit those shots you're so many give times on the range. You're going to give an and then hit bad shots. That's also know? possible. Yeah. Um, here we are talking about our golf games again, but it was uh, spurred by the question. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer the question. I always keep an extra pair of socks and compression shorts in my bag. Extra, what, I always have an extra pair of compression shorts and an extra pair of socks. You never know, Matt. What are you? you th- never what are you going to do on the know. course, Joe? 
it's a story for another day, but, um, Jesus, you know, sometimes, sometimes you got to discard a, a pair of compression shorts and you just wish you had another pair. You just wish you had another pair with you, That's, but the socks, the socks sounds are, like a the compression, after the compre- story, the, comp- <laughs> the compression shorts. I don't think I've ever been utilized. The backup pair of compression shorts. Okay. Oh, the other socks than, like, sure. I can see, you know, the backup pair of compression shorts have been utilized before, but in the case where I went to the gym, forgot compression shorts, like went into the gym yeah. bag, didn't have compressions, ran out to the car. Cause my golf bag was in there and took the compressions out. So it has helped me in the past, not okay. in a golf capacity. There you go. The socks, I, I'll change the socks at a turn or like if that was my key when we were out in Palm Springs. Oh, we're out in Palm Springs. I could extra pair of socks between socks. when we played 36, take the shoes off, socks on, we fresh pair. We changing shirts too, which I, again, feel like a new man. You got to have, if you're playing 36, I, I, I advocate for a second shirt, no doubt. Yeah. Um, not only for cleanliness and keeping you dry, but you know, you got an opportunity change to get two fits off. You know, get fat, two fits off. Show you know? the fashion. But yeah, uh, an extra pair of undergarments, I guess, would be my answer to surprising thing in the bag. Yeah. I also keep a roll of, uh, you know, a roll of athletic tape, but like the stretchy stuff in case. You yeah, I, 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 I get usually get a blister in like the same spot on the, uh, yeah. on the, the left, the ring finger on the left hand, like kind of right on that the bottom part of the finger. So I always have that stretchy tape and kind of, t- you know, tape I have a better hand. answer. Ooh, okay. I have a better answer of something in my bag. I keep a golf cart key in my bag. One that was never collected from me. Okay. Went into the. Cl- I, I was the last guy out on the course. This might have been Lincoln. I was the last guy out on the course. Came in, nowhere to put the the key. Tossed it in my bag to give it back to the people. The next time I was out there, never happened. So now I have a golf cart key in my bag. I don't know how they could u- how I could utilize it. If it could I come, guess it, I think those are standard stock keys. Like I, I guess think I it could start a golf cart. Well, it's got to be the same. It's gonna be. It's got to be an easy go if you if you're using yeah. easy go or whatever brand. But yeah, yeah, if you're not using easy go, what are we doing? That's a fair point. Um, but yeah, that's okay. That's surprising. It's a weird one. It's I don't, a little bit weird. I don't think I have the weird. I, I you almost always got a bag of sunflower seeds in there. I don't think that's weird. I don't mm-hmm. think that's that surprising. I don't think I have anything surprising. So I usually have one of Joe's balls in there. There you go. Um, Got to have one of my balls. One of Joe's balls. Uh, yeah, that's about – that's all I got. Always have a bunch of Lost Dunes tees. Those are the best in the game. That's not wow. surprising. Uh, yeah. It's a great tee. Um, you got anything else, Matt? I got yeah, one more question? for you. One and this is, this is one that uh, Tim also admittedly got from the uh, the Barstool Golf Pod foreplay, but we're, we're great at these golf questions, and they have some okay. good questions. Uh, we've answered something like this similar uh, about a year or so back, but it's different enough, and it's been enough time where I want to kind of bring it back up, re-ask it. You got a, the choice between one round at Augusta with, you know, I'm not going to ask you to pick the friends you're bringing, but with, you know, three friends, okay. or one round at your home course, whichever you want to, you know, don't you can't pick a course you never played your home course your go-to course that you usually play with tiger can i just fill you out and, the other two as well do i you can tiger do you can do friends it, you know I, i'll let you do whatever you'd like it can be just the twosome with you and tiger or it can be tiger and two other buddies tiger two buddies wherever we want to play or four buddies not, not wherever you want to play like your home course like so like you can't be like oh my home course is beth page because i live in new york no like your home course is you know your home track you know around home or you know empire whatever. ranch yeah. in sacramento that's what i'm talking about. uh sterling farms here in connecticut so like me playing with tiger uh, like lost Dunes in or um harborside I, i'm not taking them to you know i gotta go augusta the augusta experience with three of your best friends that's that's something that you know i'll watch tiger every sunday it'd be great to play around with him but 
the fact that it's Augusta yeah. and that you're never going to get an opportunity to play that course uh, outside of that. Yeah. I lean, in Augusta. I lean that way too, but it, it was a much more difficult question for me than it would have been even like three, four years ago because like old tiger, as much you're as sick he, of as, your friends, as, <laughs> as fun as tiger was to watch, um, oh. he was like so competitive and quite honestly, kind of an asshole that like he might not have been all that much fun to play with. And now like this new kind of rejuvenated, like new, new me, basically tiger. He does seem like he'd be a guy who would generally be able to just kind of go out, have fun, like be like part of the gang instead of, whereas like three, four mm-hmm. years ago, he might've just been like kind of off to himself, like playing with tiger. It would be very intimidating to play with. Um, but at the end of the day, I can't turn down the one chance I'd ever have to play at Augusta over the one chance I'd ever have to play with Tiger. I can still watch yeah, Tiger. No way. I would. Um, I'd probably go out and shoot a 105 because I'd be gripping the club so tight at Augusta, but that's fine. I would have so much fun, and it, it's got to be Augusta. <laughs> uh, I think they'd both be great options. Yes. Uh, so well, Tiger could man. give you some tips. Ty, that's the also the under. Like Tiger could see something in your swing, and be like, hey your elbow's doing this. You just move it over this way, like one quarter of an inch and the ball's going to go like 15 yards further and straighter. You know, that might be the underlying X factor. I don't know why, I don't know why that sparked this thought in my brain, but I have another, I have a mailbag from my brain to you. Please ask it. You are, you somehow qualified for the U S open. Naturally seems realistic. Yeah. Sponsorship exemption. You know, sponsors wanted Matt Rooney out there. Why wouldn't sponsorship exemption? I'm good for the people. Who's carrying the bag all week for you? I mean, it's probably it, – it's one of my two brothers. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm making sure. you decide right now. Oh, man. That's tough because, like, Mike would be the obvious the, – the seemingly obvious choice because he is the, you know, obvi- he's the, the great golfer. He knows my swing mm-hmm. really well. But Mike also has a way of making these little snide remarks like, when I hit a bad shot to get under my skin and I need, if I got a guarantee from Mike that he's, you know, firmly team Matt here, he's not going to make any sarcastic remarks. Like I would have made that or like, Oh, that was like, that was almost good. If if I got the guarantee of no sarcastic remarks from Mike and he's on my team, I'm going Mike. If I don't have that guarantee, I'm going to go Tim. Okay. It might be so a little, little bit, bit of a cop-out answer. You're a little bit worried about uh, Mike servicing yeah, your mental game. I, I have no – Mike, and Mike knows this better than anybody too. Anybody who's played golf with us knows Mike knows how to get under my skin. Mike knows how to piss yeah. me off. And if uh, he's if he's not Team Matt here, then I would go with Tim. If he's firmly not going to get under my skin, not going to judge me, be on my team, then I'm in. That's, uh, that's a good answer. I like who, that. Who, who you got? You got me? Mike, well, similar back? setup where Mike Mayenza, while okay. I'm – Love playing golf with no one more than uh, than Mikey Munch. Uh, what about me? I thought you liked playing with me. You're up there. You're okay. up there. Matt. I'm top you're, five. You're definitely in the foursome. You're definitely in the foursome. Ooh, look at that! Uh, of people I enjoy playing golf with, no wow. doubt. But Mayenza, I'd say, is up there. His game and course breakdown probably puts me at a. He, I mean, he's fantastic. He's better than me. But his course breakdown isn't that of someone who has played golf competitively mm-hmm. so i go with brian sen brian sends on my that's, bag that's all a week. very good answer sen daddy took my game from 
the low 90s to the mid 80s over the course of like two years in college. Honestly, and I didn't even think of that. That's a guy who'd probably be number three on my back because I have at least I, a good enough relationship with him where I could ask him and he'd be like, yeah, sure. I That's still send answer. him. He knows how to talk to you when you're on the course when you need something. He knows what you need to do. He knows what you're not doing. I still send him swing videos on a regular basis to get a little bit of breakdown when I need like a new thought or something. Um, Brian Sen would be on my bag, no doubt. I didn't play with him too often in college, but I do remember uh, – I think it was I think it was around at the den with him, uh, him and Jonathan Lewis. That was was, was mm-hmm. quite a bit of fun. Fun. Guys. I've always I, I'll never. I watched Brian Sen shoot sixty seven at Schaumburg. Hung over, showed up like a minute after our tea time. Pulls into the parking lot, puts a peg in the ground, proceeds to shoot sixty seven. Just like completely, just unconscious. Wouldn't it be? 30. Wouldn't it be nice to like? have that in the bag like I, I i'm not gonna lie a lot of the times i do play my best golf either when i don't want to say fully hung over when i kind of show up late don't have that much time to get ready because i think it just takes a lot less thinking out of it uh-huh. but like just to not, just not even be thinking not even take a warm-up swing just put it down and shoot 67 or like when we were at palm springs and mike purposely missed the putt for 68 so he could say he shot 69 like <laughs> Wouldn't it some, be nice? Some guys got it. But the thing is, that's inside of you somewhere. It's it summoning it that's hard. I watched another another instance of, you know, a mid-handicapper in Ian McGuire, who's probably, you know, uh, probably give me a stroke or two. I mean, he's a, fa- he's a really yeah, solid golfer. A couple times. Plays, to, plays to the mid-low 80s into the – I mean, last summer he was living in the high 70s, which was very impressive. Came out to visit me, played a beautiful he tune course. I think. Played a beautiful troon course at Yochadihi, shot a career best 76, and that was playing the last three holes, I believe, four over. He was five under through 10. Jeez. He was unconscious, pouring in 35 foot birdie putts, fairways, and greens. Like it's in there, and I watched him summon it, and it gave me hope that someday I'd have that day, you know, that you could just summon it one day and try and get into the low 70s is there a much better feeling in sports i mean we we've both played competitive sports up to a higher level and now we've played golf obviously for quite some time too um but then i've never shot 76 but i've kind of come close to that then when you have when you're just feeling it on a golf course and you know like i'm from 150 i'm going to take my pitching wedge out and this is going to be within 15 feet i have no doubt about it like there, there's no swing thought it's just i got this no no that's no kind of my it's only kind of my game times, though when it happens that's kind of my game now i keep a very simple mental approach no, to saying, the game even though it just you doesn't, keep it doesn't bear fruit no, but i, I don't are, think and it's still i still don't I, I i've never been mentally crippled by the game i've never like i've had the shanks here or there yeah you know, I'm, that's me knocking on wood um, because you, the one we do not speak that was of, me too. Uh, El Hosel. Uh, I've had visits from El Hosel, but we all you know have. you get out of you get out of that. I think mentally, I've always had a very strong game. It just doesn't always compute. Yeah, but it's just when you have that when you're in that zone on the. But yes, course, the zone the zone is a beautiful place I, to I, be. The the best I ever I think I was either I think I was one over through nine at Lost Dunes. Uh, one one day I ended up shooting seventy nine. I was playing with, I think it was just me and Matt Seeger a couple summers ago, but I was just like, it's no matter what, like it wasn't even a doubt. Like I was just, just kind of cruising through having a good time and everything I was doing was right. I was pouring in putts from, you know, 15, 20 feet. Everything was dropping. It's just, there's really no better feeling. Yeah. And he, and here's the chase in that feeling for the next 50 years, Matt. One, one day we'll get back there. That's right. Um, I think we've done enough Ho- talking about our own personal golf games. Who knows? Yeah. 
We shall see. Fingers crossed. We shall see. Fingers not crossed. Looking good. Not looking good. Fingers crossed. I mean, the fingers are crossed, but not looking good. Golf resorts stay open. Yes. Those are essential business. We'll, 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 we'll have this conversation off there. Fair. But um, it's a matter it's of... It's been fun. Hey, look this, at us. It's a matter of the sports. In my in my instance now, it's a matter of the sports schedule. That's fair. And that's that's also the best, fair. But, yeah. Well, but, shout out us. We um, milked out over an hour of content with uh, and, and the people for, for stepping up, sending us the mailbags. We got through five. Uh, I, I think, think I, I think the goal is going to be anywhere from, you know, three to five yeah. for, from here keep on. Keep sending those mailbags. I think I'm going to go play... I'm going to go play around the golf maybe today and see if uh, give us something to talk about next week. I don't know. There you go. May- hey, maybe some more breaking news will happen and we'll catch up with you on 10T. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. It's a little chilly. I think I'm staying inside. Fair enough. All right. That's going to do it for the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 147 of the pod. For Matt Rooney, I'm Joe Musso. As always, we thank you for tuning in. Moose and Runes listeners, like Matt said, get us those questions. Get us those mailbags because we had a blast today doing it. and We'll have a blast next week doing it as well. So send those in and and we will continue to field those questions. What's up? And hit. I was going to say, you want to respond to some of these mailbag questions? Respond to us on Twitter. What's the strangest thing or most surprising thing in your golf bag? Are you playing playing with Tiger? Are you playing Augusta? What's your White Sox game food schedule? people get involved people things. get involved at moose and runes on twitter it's the best way to get at us or uh you know most of you have our uh, numbers anyways large part of the that. listenership has our numbers hit us up there as well we appreciate you guys as always for matt i'm joe we'll see you next week may god give you for every storm a rainbow for every tear a smile for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. (laughs) Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.